Welcome to Night of the Living Geeks. If you geek out over it, we've got a podcast for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Podcastica, a Doctor Who review podcast here on NOTLG.com. We're going to talk about Shada, and we're pretty excited about it. Episode 114, my name is John, and joining me as he does every week is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, I said every week again. You did, but when we started this podcast, you know, it was designed to be every week because, yes, you know, we had an episode every week. So uh, the listeners understand. I think it's like I have the general blueprint for every podcast I do whenever mm-hmm. I do the intro. And usually it's joining me as they do every week. Oh, trust me. When I introduce If Memory Serves, I've got to remember to say month. <laughs> I'm yes. so used to your intro here that over there I've got to play. Like, oh, wait, no, we're not weekly. Um, speaking of, I think uh, even if you don't live in the, the greater Bay, Bay Area as we do, uh, I think you should go check out uh, the If Memory Service podcasts episode about the malls. Um, I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, did you, I did I end up sending you that link for the that Flickr account? Yes, 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 you did. Very interesting, right? Yeah, and I've got I've got to forward that on to my brother. Please and, and be like, dude, check it out. Please do. I will. I will. Um, please, please do, because I, I was just recalling so much as you guys were talking about, um, that, and I feel like I'm kind of bogarting it and turning it into this episode, but I, do you remember the old El Paseo? Oh, yes. Town and country. I do. Um, I do. I remember old, old, old El Paseo, which I I think is a salsa too, isn't it? Yes. No, that's El Paso. Yeah, El Paso. Um, I loved old uh, the town and country. I think they had the camera four or the camera eight. No, the AMC eight. Yeah. And um, that bookstore you guys were talking about was in there as well. I remember, oh, okay. I remember everything being covered in vines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had the fountain in the middle with the elevator. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved that place. Yeah, no, that, that was a very cool place. I remember going there a few times as a kid and, and, you know, um, just getting back to those pictures real quick. I, my, my brother is the type, he's an archivist. He works for the state of California and, you know, he does a lot of research just in general. Like he is, he has reached out and been in touch with um, the people that own and ran Kitty World. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like he, he knows where like the giant Buffalo that where that was in that uh, oh, my store goodness. ended up and he's been working with them to, you know, try and get some old pictures and everything. And yeah, he's not afraid to. Now, know. if I recall, that was on the corner of Stevens Creek and Santa Moss, right? Correct. It yes. was basically across the street from where the Barnes and Noble was. Right, and where the new courtesy Chevrolet yes. is now. Oh my goodness! Yes, that was the most badass toy store. I agree. Growing up, that was the best place to go. So, if you want to take a trip down memory lane, go check out uh, if memory serves. They, you guys, have two episodes: the Christmas one we and do. then uh, the mall one. Yeah, and for February, I'll give the teaser now because it is the month of Valentine's Day. We are talking celebrity crushes. Oh, perfect. I <laughs> I love it. Uh, you guys have such great banter. I think everybody should go check it out. 
Well, thank you. You're welcome. We got a little sidetracked, uh, Taylor. It's been a little while. How have you been? I've been good. I've been busy. I've been um, getting more and more like Tigger amped up for uh, Gallifrey One. We are just about three and a half weeks away. Yes, we are. We are very close. I'm no joke. Uh, the Gallifrey One homepage is like my homepage when I open a browser <laughs> because it's got the countdown clock. Yeah, man. We're we're coming up on it. We're going to be recording every every day. Yep. We'll be releasing an episode every day. Um, I guess um, Gallifrey and willing, uh, we will release an episode every day. Yeah, for sure. We'll have all sorts of um, friends and guests. Yes, and it'll be a great time. Yes. It'll be a good time. Um, Very loose and <laughs> free-flowing. Yeah, yes. Well, good, good. Um, trying to think. How have you been? I have been pretty good. I just got back from L.A. I was visiting uh, my girlfriend, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a comedy show this weekend and a sketch show on the same day. Wow. Ba- back to back. Both were very great. Um, we went, uh, we went shopping for a dress for a wedding we're going to. She's coming up here next week. Oh, nice. Um, and Yeah. I mean, we hung out. I dr- I actually, you know how um, I usually one shot driving there. I don't stop. Right. Um, and the way back is usually very hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I get tired. I have to stop, get out, get some coffee, make sure I'm good to go, get back in the car. Uh, I've now one shotted back twice, which is Oof. insane. And I've been fine both times. This isn't like forcing it. So it's been... I'm impressed, man. I don't know that I could do that. Thank you. I um... although I am happy to say that I did see that my my signature Starbucks drink that got me through Galley last year is back. The smoked butterscotch latte. Yes, that is back. And um, <laughs> yeah, Starbucks got me through uh, the drive last night. I've just I've basically found out that I just need to get the biggest coffee ever, and it needs <laughs> to be a hot coffee, not a cold coffee. Oh yeah. Yeah, so there you go. That's what's uh, been going on. Now, we're, we're going to get into Who News, but uh, you mentioned, I believe, um, was it Tigger levels of Amped Up? Uh, yeah. Uh, did you see who is uh, voicing the rabbit in the new uh, Disney's Christopher Robin movie? I did. I did. We are going to have Peter Capaldi as the rabbit. Yes. Did you see the rest of the cast? I, I saw part of it. I saw like a just a, a quick screen cap of like the like the first three or four names. Now, uh, just just for fun, I'm going to read off the rest of the names here because some of them. Go for it. So, well, I'll just read off some of the names because they may sound familiar to some of you. Um, Mark Gatiss is going to be playing Keith Winslow. I'm not sure who that is. Hmm. Uh, but he but cool. But he is going to be in it, and uh, the voice of the owl is the Dream Lord Toby Jones. Oh my gosh, that's awesome! Yeah, I think that's everyone. I don't think anybody else was uh, of Doctor Who lineage. Yeah, but there you go. There's two more people. Um, nice. I'm very excited for this movie. I was excited for it before. Now I'm just very excited. Yeah, no I think kidding. That's going to be a lot of fun. And that was my <laughs> that was my Who news. So uh, nice. you can you can take away the rest of the Who news here. All right. Well. Uh, we open this week with a little bit of sadness that we share the passing of David Fisher, who wrote four Fourth Doctor stories, The Stones of Blood, The Androids of Tara, The Creature from the Pit, and The Leisure Hive. Uh, though he did start City of Death, but he had to pass it on to Douglas Adams in order to finish it. Um, 
And so he has he has left us, and we'll have a, a link to the uh, story at DoctorWhoNews.net in the show notes. Very sad. He yeah. started City of Death, so he, that's, I mean, hey, maybe maybe Douglas Adams said, you know what? This guy was on to something. <laughs> um, did we watch The Leisure Hive? Uh, no, I don't think we have yet. Huh, okay. I don't think we have. I'd have to look back through the uh, the grand spreadsheet that we have, but I, I'm pretty certain that we haven't yet. Hmm. All right. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the the spreadsheet. I I sometimes forget we have one that says everything <laughs> we've we've watched. I go about three episodes and go. Oh, I really need to update that. <laughs> but it's pretty up to date right now. All right, folks. Cue that cloister bell. This is a spoiler warning. And uh, on Instagram, a uh, a guy who goes by uh, the handle Doctor Who Collector does an amazing uh, Capaldi cosplay. Yeah, uh, does a lot of cosplay work. Uh, seems like a really nice guy. In fact, even I was really kind of blown away because uh, comic book artist Rachel Stott drew Capaldi in like this almost like pink floral coat. Yes, thank you and for bringing he, this up. Yes, I saw that and and. This guy went ahead and was like, you know what? I'm going to make a coat like that because I want to cosplay that. Yeah. Um, and I did everything I could to be like, hey, 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 Rachel, Rachel, go look, go look, go look. And it's really good. Um, but again, spoiler warning, he shared on his Instagram story uh, last, maybe late last week, um, some shots from... Cape Town, South Africa, where they are filming Series 11 and where Cape Town is dangerously almost out of water, which is kind of scary. Yeah. Um, uh, but get this. Cape Town is actually supposed to be doubling for Montgomery, Alabama in the early 1950s. We are talking Rosa Parks on the bus era, Alabama. Yes, we are. And uh, he, he did a really good job taking... Uh, uh, pictures of like oh here's the bus that's on set comparing it to historical photos um i think this may safely uh shoot down the idea that uh whitaker is going to be without the tardis for you know like the entirety or the bulk of series 11 because oh, yeah. i think they're only in the second block of episodes so it may be a couple episodes that she's without it but i think she gets firmly back into the vortex before long i think that's um i think th this rumor or I, I mean it seems pretty spoilery and spot on um pretty down with that mm -hmm. and uh also pretty down with uh her not having her tardis for a limited amount of time i guess right you know like uh i don't know what did you say you, this is the second block what does that exactly mean? Like halfway I, through? I don't know when you've got, you know, a, a 10 episode season. So I'm, I'm not sure how big a block is. Right. I don't know if it's two. I don't know if it's three. Well, either way, I think a couple of episodes without a TARDIS is not a bad thing. I, I personally wouldn't go more than two. Yeah. Um, you know, by the end of that second, it's like, okay, it needs to be back. Boom. Let's go. Let's hit the road or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. There's your spoiler warning for this week. Um, next up, uh, 
David Tennant actually had a story uh, uh, in the Radio Times, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes, about how he, Peter Capaldi, and Stephen Moffat all completely unknowingly ended up at the same Tom Baker book signing back in the 70s. Oh, my goodness. It's fantastic. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, wow. And he, he told this story at Wizard World uh, Comic Con in New Orleans, uh, I think a weekend or two ago. And um, uh, I guess Tom Baker was coming up to a, a bookshop in Glasgow. And uh, sure enough, it turns out that, yeah, all, all three of them were there uh, in line, you know, didn't know each other at the time. But they were all right. there to, to get Tom Baker to sign something for them. That is very cool. I know, I know. That is so crazy. And who knows? There might be future, uh, future people working on Doctor Who at Gallifrey One. Who knows? We'll find yeah, out in twenty knows? years' time, right? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> that would be so crazy, right? You never know. Oh, <laughs> uh, and lastly, speaking of Gallifrey One, as if we haven't talked about it enough already, I know yes. those of you who can't make it, our hearts break for you, and you're probably getting sick and tired of us talking about it. Um, but, uh, just a bit of update in news with that con coming up. Uh, unfortunately, Noel Clark, Miles Richardson and Phil Ford can't make it. Um, Gemma Redgrave, on the other hand, Kate Stewart can make it. Yes. Um, so she's coming in, in, uh, Noel's place. Uh, those of you looking to maybe catch a last minute flight down ticket transfers are still happening through January 31st. They have a Facebook group for that. Uh, the schedule of events, they just this evening said that they are dropping the schedule of events tomorrow. Yes, and, um, and much like every time we record something. Thank you. <laughs> the news breaks the next day. Exactly. So if you are listening to this right now, it means that the schedule of events has definitely dropped. Um, go check it out. Um, trust me, I will be hard-pressed to get some work done tomorrow because i will be pouring over it trying to decide <laughs> what i want to go to oh, what yeah. fits with what um i know a friend of the show mike solko is going to be on two different panels and they neither of them are sunday at 3 p.m which is good because that's when you have to get to the airport uh let's be honest my flight's at 3 10 i have to be at the airport oh, a goodness. little bit before that i thought i thought that's when you you i i did know this information i just yes. you need to be there uh Way I know you need to be there like at least an hour or two early. Or... I know I'm in hindsight, even though I was sitting here with my son kind of going like, oh, which flight should I take? And he's like, I want you home and with me. And I'm like, OK, probably the earlier flight. Oh, boy. <laughs> there's there's a little part of me that is regretting that uh, now. Part of me is like, oh, I kind of wish I was there either, you know, Thursday evening or, you know, staying through early Monday morning. But be that as it may, my stuff is in stone, and I'm not going to change it at this point. Um, Probably good, good call, good call. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And next year will be another thing, and uh, I've got a feeling it might, as much as I really want to get the family to go next year, there are rumblings of taking the kids to Disneyland for the first time in 2019, so I've got oh, a feeling... Oh, it will be, boy! Yeah, I, early... Early ideas about it. Nothing set in stone yet, but and we're definitely not telling the kids yet. Yeah, good call. Don't want to get the hopes um, so up. So if anything, it will be uh, uh, Gallifrey 31 uh, 
in 2020. Well, um, or yeah, 2020. Yes. It's 2018. Uh, I I did want to say, I don't know if you saw who was going to be appearing at uh, the long Island. Who did you see that Uh, long Island or regeneration over in Baltimore? Uh, I'm pretty sure it was L.I. Who? Uh, then no, I haven't seen. Let me... Because um... I, I did see that Capaldi will be at Regeneration Who in, uh, I believe it's Baltimore. I mean, I'm pretty sure he... I was... I mean, I was told that he was going to be at L.I. Who. Um, why am I not seeing updates to this? <laughs> because this just, maybe it's uh, the other one. Maybe it is the other one. I don't know. See, we're, we're spoiled on the West Coast. We just know Galley. And that's an embarrassing thing to say because there are some awesome cons all over uh, the country. And wherever you find one near you, you should go check it out. I agree. Well, yeah, Peter Capaldi is, is apparently making the rounds after, uh, after, uh, after our convention, which is, uh, makes me kind of sad. But There's always hope for the 30th anniversary one next year. There is indeed always hope. So you never know. All right, so let's get to uh, you know why we're here, <laughs> which would be the a ginormous story that is the legendary Shada, uh-huh. uh, starring Tom Baker as the Doctor, Lala Ward as Romana, David. Oh boy, this. No, oh, I should have put it in there. Well, I tripped over it. It's Briarly. Yes, it is. Yeah, David Briarly as the voice of K Nine. Oh, man, we'll talk about that. Um, Christopher Neem as Skagra and Dennis Carey as Professor Chronotus. 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 Uh, it was written by Douglas Don't Panic Adams, and it was directed <laughs> by Pennant Roberts, and uh, more recently by Charles Norton. Correct. It first aired, well, it was supposed to air in 1979. That got derailed, and it was designed to be... Um, the last story of season 17. That's what it was designed to be. Yeah. But I guess for us, it first aired, what, last week? Last week. It first aired when, last when week. When we watched it. Yes. Um. So, Taylor, we got a bunch of story notes here. Oh, we do. My Holy goodness. Moly. Yes. Yeah. It. This is, you know, Shada is one of those stories that was started, not finished, and then sort of finished in, like, six different formats. Um. And so there's lots of information about all of it. But in our animated version, there's a car in Cambridge that has the number plate JWHIT13. And that is a reference to Jodie Whittaker being cast as the 13th Doctor. Oh. Nicely played, animators. There you go. Right? Oh, we'll we'll get to it. (laughs) I know. I know. And it's funny because I never even saw that. I wasn't lying. As much as I'm a car guy. And yeah. we'll get to that, too. I did not even notice that. Um, now, they're never broadcast. This story did mark the end of the following features of the show from a production standpoint. So it was the last time that the 1967 arrangement of the Doctor Who theme by Delia Derbyshire was used. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the last use of the tunnel opening sequence by Bernard Lodge and the Diamond Series logo that was introduced back in the Time Warrior. Oh. Yeah. Um this was also the end of Graham Williams's tenure as producer. The rest of the show's original run, right? The rest of classic who yeah. would be produced by love him or hate him. John Nathan Turner. Mm-hmm. And this was also the end of Douglas Adams's 
uh, tenure as script editor. Oh, wow. This is okay. the end of Dudley Simpson's tenure as incidental music composer. Incidental music composer. Yes. What does that mean? That means, <laughs> like, the music that you hear during the episode, the stuff that's not the opening theme, not the closing theme. Oh, that's well. incidental music. So he all did those a fine gripping, job. Yes, and, and we will talk yes, about we'll how much talk, I we'll... want to turn a little bit of that music uh, into, like, my my phone's alarm. Uh, yes. Um, all that gripping, you know, bicycle riding music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's all Deadly we'll, Simpsons. Work. We'll get to it. Yeah, this was the end of David Brierly doing the voice of Canine, uh, as John Leeson would take up the role in following seasons. This was also the end of the fourth Doctor's multicolor scarf and brown frock coat. The next season would feature the Doctor, uh, this is obviously being Tom Baker's final season, right. in a burgundy and purple scarf. Yeah. Uh, and a larger burgundy coat. How do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I can understand that he probably wanted a change, but it's such an iconic outfit. I kind of like instantly don't like, you know. Yeah. You know, the new mom outfit. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I like old outfit better. Um, this was also the the last uh, time the TARDIS prop designed by Barry Newberry would be used. The next nine years of the show's original run would use a new fiberglass prop uh, designed by Tom Yardley Jones. And this is the very last six part story. Oh, wow. Yeah. All future serials would at most span only four parts. Thanks, future. <laughs> yeah because boy this getting through this in one go i you know what I, uh, well, let's let's hold, let's hold that. hold on to that yeah let's hold on to that okay all right all right well lastly in terms of story notes shada wasn't completed due to labor action at the bbc no nobody was giving birth uh, <laughs> the footage that was shot was released by bbc video in 1992 featuring linking narration by tom baker to complete the story now the labor action occurred due to a conflict over which union had jurisdiction over the operation of an elaborate clock that was featured on the BBC Kids program, Play School. Come on. Uh-huh. A clock? A clock. That's so British. I know. Thank you, TARDIS Wikia, for oh my all those wonderful story notes. So, Taylor, uh, you have a uh, synopsis for us. So um, I do. Let's take it away. Well, the Doctor and Romana drop in to visit retired Time Lord Professor Kronotis, only to find themselves tumbling into a tremendous plot to return his overdue library books back to the Panopticon Archive on Califrey. Rather, a foppishly dressed supervillain appears, needing the book in order to find the long-forgotten prison world Shada, and, well, a nice bit of twist happens in there somewhere. Man, okay, so let's, um... Let's talk about a couple of things up top. <laughs> okay. The, the first thing I want to say is um, we were talking about the six-part story. Yes. And you had just said, what was it you just said? It was kind of uh, hard to get through it was... in one go. Yeah. I, although I did do it in in two parts, I think I could have made it through in one if I had had the time when I was watching it. I would... <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed this yeah no i i did too and i i also did it in uh two chunks i originally had the idea of like oh well you know i'll just go like 
25 minutes at a time and I'll, I'll break it into episodes myself. And in fact, I feel like while watching it, there are points where I'm like, okay, this is a cliffhanger. This has to be the end of, of where an episode would be. Yeah. And there was no, no such thing. It felt like no. a very just complete story. And I yeah. think they, that is um, due in part mainly because we got, you know, to animate it and we could piece it together differently. Totally. And, and, I mean, altogether in, in one big chunk, I know we, we tend to complain about the pacing of classic Who in right. general. And while there are some scenes that could be shortened, like, do I need to see three straight minutes of riding bicycles? No. <laughs> Did I need to see three straight minutes of running through Paris when we watched City of Death? No. No. But on the whole, um, I, I, I was able to forgive the story. Yeah. All of that. And and part of that might have been the fact that it's like I'm finally watching, you know, the legendary Shada. I mean, yeah. even when I was a kid, you know, you like <laughs> I almost feel like the name Shada was, you know, whispered as some sort of like amazing mystical, uh, <laughs> you know, grand Doctor Who story that that almost was but wasn't. Well, yeah, um, I'm agreeing. Here it is, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I mean, pacing aside, I mean, three minutes of bicycle, but you wouldn't get to hear three minutes of that amazing song. Yes, and I have to admit, I really, I might have to go back and just, you know, kind of capture a short snippet of that. And that might just be like my wake up music it's at, so at Galley good. this year. It really is good. It is just I re- I remember, and I'm go- it's going to be something I segue into here as I talk mm-hmm. about. Um, I remember because I believe the first time we hear the music, I could be wrong, is when we get the animation and we I'm... get that bike scene, which I could be wrong, but I feel like. No, I think you're right. And this brings us to I want to talk about the animation. Um, that first scene, mm-hmm. which we get animated is let me see if I can find the notes that I have. Actually, my only note is, oh, my God, it looks so much better. It, and, it really does. And it looks so much better than our our first endeavor in trying to uh, piece together a, a missing episode, and that would be The Power of the Daleks. Mm-hmm. And this felt a lot more smoother. It felt it like did. they played around with it a little more. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like the whole bike scene is very just like it's directed very well and you get like sweeping shots mm-hmm. and i just could not believe now the same thing i feel like the only place that and i feel like this was a problem in power of the daleks i feel like the pacing in some of the animated scenes was rough like there was just stuff that was happening and i i almost wanted to be like i don't this didn't really happen like this in the sh- in the original cut did it you well know? i don't the i'd say the original cut of this was never an original cut true. it was never completed yeah not all the filming was done so you know this is you know taking the direction of like okay well you know here's the script here's what would have happened here now we have to create it okay okay that makes sense um, but I also think if that's the whole thing and you, you get that, I would have been like, this feels too long. This guy opening this book and putting it in a thing 
and <laughs> <laughs> exploding the uh you know i feel like that was too was too much but I, I get it but that didn't really i mean i thoroughly enjoyed this it was it was amazing and the yeah. animation was great and it wasn't like i was sick of looking at the animation i was just like nothing's really happening right and i get it i know that there were a few scenes where it's kind of like um okay there's this could be a little quicker yes um but but at the same time and i was thinking about it this evening because i saw some of the episodes when we watched power of the daleks in like the colorized version that was Ah. available on demand and um at first i was coming into this episode going i'm like well it it looks better because it's color right um and then i went wait a second no 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 i saw some of power of the daleks in color and it's still kind of felt at times like someone who was just learning flash animation. <laughs> yes. Um, and this, I mean, I really genuinely think that the animators who are working on this and working in this medium are literally maturing as um, animators because you're right. They did do more with it. And obviously we've got Tom Baker, who's an incredibly expressive uh, person. And I feel like they did a really good job capturing all of that. I agree. Um, so, um, and, and maybe part of it was the color. Maybe the colors are just more vibrant in this compared to Power of the Daleks. But be that as it may, I, I definitely think that there is a step up in the animator's game in this. And, and I really, really enjoyed it. Agreed. I, I could not be happier. And I, I sincerely hope they just start making their way through everything. Mm-hmm. I would love to see which which first Doctor story was I Marco Polo, which I believe yes. is completely lost, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's like yeah, completely missing fourth serial. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I'm I'm down. I'd I'd love to see that. You know, and get um, if there's no audio recording, get David Bradley to come in and do the vocals. Yeah, why not? I, exactly. You know what? I think there are uh, there is some audio of this. Okay. Um. I just don't know what it is. I feel like there's a little bit of audio. There might be. I know, I know that there's there's like some production stills, like there's pictures from that story. I've seen them. I mean, I think that would be so cool. That would be amazing. Oh, totally. um, but it would be so long because I think that's seven parts. It is seven oh, parts. God. Yeah, seven parts. So let's get back to Shada here. Okay. We had a cold open. It's kind of rare for a Doctor I, Who. We did for a classic. I, say, I, I guess I love the BBC One intro. Yes, the BBC One intro. That was, was a nice great. touch. Um, we're 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 in this room with um, <laughs> all these old dudes, and they're Kinda just like, wigging out. They're they're chilling with a Van de Graaff generator above their head or something. Right? Yeah, I don't know what is happening. Um, there's an orb in the middle of the room, which I I later found out it was not called an orb, but I continued to call it an orb. It's well, why wouldn't it? be an orb it's a sphere is that it's, not, an orb. it's a sphere and an orb a sphere yeah, why not a sphorb a sphorb <laughs> i don't know what's oh, happening gosh. so these dudes are all wigging out and this uh this other guy comes in and he uh takes the orb or the orb flies away and that's that's yeah. pretty much our he goes give orb. me a high five orb come here yeah basically and um, um and these guys man i can only imagine what the stage direction was like all right guys oh yes <laughs> kind of wiggle in your chairs I was just like, kinda, what is happening? Yeah, I what, don't know. What kind of stage direction was that? Just wiggle. I, yeah, 
They're just all wiggling squirm differently. in your chair. You're uncomfortable. And that's just how you find out who knows what the what or how the definition of uh, wiggle or squirm in one's chair uh, varies from person to person. That's exactly right. <laughs> Although, judging by these guys' shirt, I think they're in, a, in an Illuminati cult. Yes, they, they might be. <laughs> all these pyramids everywhere. Oh, my goodness. It's not good. Um, mm-hmm. I just have a note that says, the music is very good, like question mark. <laughs> and I feel that's like when we are, uh, we're traveling to the professor's... Uh, his uh his study yes. which um hey uh a phone box in a professor's office that looks that seems... somewhat familiar doesn't it right <laughs> it's just like i om- i almost wonder if that oh, was a little homage i would not be surprised at all and at all. we're talking about books and tea and all this stuff and this dude's like hey i'm gonna borrow these books and the professor's like all right sure whatever <laughs> and I love how he's like, oh, time doesn't matter at my age. I'm like, oh, yes, yes. Wink, wink. We know you're a time lord. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, you mentioned, yeah, oh, we get it. You're, you're time lord. I, at one point, went, oh, yeah, there were a bunch of time lords back in this, uh, in the classic coup. I always forget that. <laughs> Whenever we run into, like, a random time lord, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, wait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, do that. So we finally find out, or at least, I mean, I I knew as immediately when I saw these scenes of uh, Romana and the doctor, um, you know, making their way down down this river. I was like, oh, so that's where these scenes from the five doctors came from. That's right. Yeah, those scenes got recycled. Yes, and I can't remember how they how they did it. Did we watch the five? Do- we did watch. Not them. yet. Oh, we haven't. No, not yet. Oh goodness. Not yet. Although I I. I did have a bit of a uh, George Decay uh, response when the uh, the doctor says while he's while they're you know going down punting down the river is that all he needs a strong pair of hands and a pole and I'm like oh my <laughs> and he lost the pole <laughs> well I don't know what to tell you about that I mean he just lost it uh, you know sometimes under pressure you you lose the pole I guess so uh, <laughs> we we need to talk about um, uh, Skagra's outfit here. Oh yes, my goodness. Plus his plus his carpet bag of the future. Ah, jeez. I mean, oh I don't even. God. I don't even know where to begin with this. I. It's just like one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Let Let's be honest. I mean, a few weeks ago we talked about Io Nine doing a, a, a basically a list of the worst dressed uh, villains in Doctor Who history, and Skagra was right up there. Yeah. Um, and this is why um, here I'm walking around Cambridge in, you know, a, a shiny white and silver outfit with a cape and what appears to be a lady's sun hat. And I don't oh, even I know. Purse. Yeah, I don't even know what is happening with this hat. It is. It's it's something. I Yeah. No, no. Don't get me wrong. If that's how you want to dress, I'm not going to hate on you. But I may get onto a podcast and be like, what on earth was he wearing? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I mean, he I looks like a Robin Hood it. character. It's sort of like Robin Hood meets Buck Rogers, maybe. Yes. Oh, well, I think we got a screenplay on our hands. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. And then, and then let's go with a utterly clashing uh, carpet bag. I mean, literally carpet bag. <laughs> 
he, he's he's gone to a hotel somewhere, cut out a chunk of floor, folded it into a bag, stuck his orb inside. There you go. Yeah, just carrying around this orb that uh, I don't know made some guys squirm in their chairs. I'm not sure. Yeah, and and if you get apparently if it gets too close to the camera as it walks by, it sounds a lot like he's actually got a rain stick in there. Yeah, and some uh, some voices going around in there. Oh yeah, there's a bit of that too, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, if I'm jumping ahead as usual, just let me know. No problem. Uh, what is the what is the okay? So there's this guy in the hall, and I don't know his name, but he he's wearing like a little bowler hat. Yes. Um, and he's got a glasses and the suit, and he looks pretty cool, and he seems like a cool guy. Well, I don't I don't think I ever wrote his name down. Um, I didn't either. Um, oh, no. I don't remember ever catching it. But he's kind of. Oh, he, he's only, I. I mean, I don't want to say he's the groundskeeper, but no, uh, oh, not an outfit like that. He's more the headmaster. There you go. He's. He seems like the headmaster. Yes. Um, and quite the memory. Yes, he remembers. Uh, he remembers the doctor, and it because he goes, "Oh, you're the doctor," and he goes, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "Yeah, I know you. You ask the same question literally every time you're here." <laughs> and I guess and he says year, he was this year and this year. Yeah, he says he was there in 1958, but in a different body, mm-hmm. which is um, interesting. Let's <laughs> there's revisit. A, there's, there's a big finished story waiting to happen, right? Yeah, right. And he just hands that guy the ore that he's just walking around with. Yes. Um, I absolutely love uh, the professor. I think he's he is an amazing character. Uh, He's very enjoyable to watch, and 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 the actor who plays him does a great job. Yes, very good job. Um, I just love the interactions that he, I basically love the interactions he has with everyone because mm-hmm. he is he is for the most part in the first, he's just playing a lovable character, and uh, yes. we find out a little later maybe that's not the case, <laughs> but maybe it is the case. We don't know. It seems to be the case now, but anyway. <laughs> um and man why don't i have what is the uh the bike rider's name oh chris parsons chris parsons project yes <laughs> nice so he we get another animated scene here then this is the one i was talking about that seemed mm-hmm. like very very long um where he's testing the book which just seems like strange in the first place I think bec- well, because he does kind of notice it's behaving strangely. Yes, isn't it? Uh, what is it doing? And I cannot recall. Is it the, are the pages moving or yeah, the pages? I if if I remember the animation right, because um, I, I mean I watched this on like Monday and Tuesday or Tuesday Wednesday of last right, week. Right. So I'm, you know, I know you were around about the same time. Yes. Um, I, I think at one point, like he opens it and you see the clock in the background. It actually runs backward. Yes, um, yes. And then at another point, yes, the, the, the book is open and some of the pages uh, also, I believe, run backward um, mm. all on their own. And so he goes, hey, let's microwave this book. Which yes. Actually, it's not microwave. It's like, let's x-ray it. Let's see what's in it. It's, it's like it, it smells funny. It feels funny. It's like it's a book, but it's not quite a book. It's kind of what's going through his head at this point. Yes, which I thought I thought it was it was just strange to be like, you know, what I should do put this book in the microwave i know he didn't <laughs> but it's just like let's just try and light it on fire um it explodes uh yeah it blowed up real good and uh the book seems fine but apparently is very hot and it uh you know it's also got the seal of rasslon on it so there's the giveaway 
<laughs> Probably shouldn't be handling that book. You. Uh, I have a note here that says I cannot handle this dude in the hat. So <laughs> apparently, at this point, I just couldn't handle uh, couldn't handle our villain here. Yeah. His... Well, he 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 basically commandeers this dude and his station wagon. Yes. To get somewhere, and and right off the bat, I'm like, I kind of dig the look of this wagon. I'm like, I wonder what kind it is and I, I managed to I got a screen cap of it just in case I needed it for something and but I you know I was doing some Google search I'm like is it a box hall is it an opal and then finally I'm like all right you know it's gonna help me Instagram so I threw it up there and and literally inside of an hour somebody's like oh yeah that's the Triumph 2000 I'm like <laughs> oh seriously cool nice and I proceeded to you know I just I'm like this would be this is really kind of neat. So I actually found an entire group of Triumph 2000 enthusiasts on Facebook. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The power of say, the internet. Gearhead and a Doctor Who fan. Um, so we're back in the professor's office. And does the doctor notice that books are missing? Or is he looking for the book? Um, he's asked to look for the book. There, there's a lot of dialogue here. And of course it's great dialogue because it's, it's, it's Douglas Adams. Yes. Um, and so there's a bunch of like little things that, that when you're watching it, you'll kind of catch. Um, apparently like it seems like you lose your TARDIS when you retire. There's uh, nursery rhymes of Rassilon and something at work here. And, and, and one of the things that professor Cronotus asks the doctor to do is like, well, Hey, since I'm here and I can't, really go home um it it, it turns out I, I borrowed a couple of books um uh, oh really yes. which books well the odd this... two to seven yeah. which i thought was funny yeah um and so he's like okay so doctor would you mind taking my books back for me and he's like okay well uh what do they look like uh red i think no, maybe it was green, and it was just this whole... Yeah, there's a whole thing. But when the doctor finally hears the name of the book... Yes. Uh, he about loses his mind. Oh, it was a great reaction. Yes. And then proceeds to actually lift the professor down from where he's standing like he's a little kid. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I also have... I feel like they did a a little BBC nod here. And I can't remember what it was, but I believe they, they oh, said BBC. Oh, I didn't even notice that because Professor Cronotus is trying to remember Chris Parsons' name. Oh yes, and 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 he's like, oh, oh, oh what was so it? A, and I'm like, oh god, he's going to go through the whole alphabet, and then he literally, you're right. Oh my god, how did I not see that? He goes B, B, and then <laughs> Roman and the Doctor both turn and they go C. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. That oh was pretty. God. That was pretty funny. God, how did I not notice that? That was good stuff. That was amazing. Uh, we also get uh, the note that uh, Gallifreyan apparently reads like a cross between Chinese and algebra. Yeah, which is I would I would struggle with that. Yeah, I think uh, many people would. <laughs> Goodness, <laughs> I would struggle with Chinese and algebra separately, but stick them together. Oh Holy no, it's too much. Um, let's see what else do we got here. This is when. Um, uh, Skagra mm-hmm. starts using the orb on just randos. He's just <laughs> he's just sticking it to their head. Isn't there a guy fishing? Yes, and he just sticks it to this guy's head. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's and it's so weird because it, oh, and, and again we must we've got to think of what was stage direction like because you know here's this 
fairly close up shot. Clearly there's, you know, somebody probably holding the orb just outside right. of, of the camera's field of vision. And it's like boop, stuck to your head. It's like, okay, now, now look like you're in pain. <laughs> you know, it, what, somebody's holding this, you know, painted. Yes. Uh, 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 ball against your head. It actually looks like the uh, the fisherman uh, came a little later, um, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> ridiculous uh, stuff. I did also forget to mention another ridiculous thing where uh, Skagra he uh, he just walks into the sky and disappears, oh. which was also very funny. Well, yes, because and I and I've got the note at that part of out of my way, Gabe. Don't you know I'm Skagra? Yes. <laughs> As I knock my water off the table here, uh, and of course oh, no. the ship is cloaked. Yes, of course it is in the middle of a a field with a nice big red carpet leading up to it. Um, I have he's co- so fashion forward. Yes, he is. I have a question about K nine. Is this the first time that we uh we have he- heard this voice for K nine in this uh, This show? is the first time. That we have heard this voice for K9. That is correct. And I am so accustomed to John Leeson's K9. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, I was very uh, taken aback by it. Not to say that it was it was just different is what I'm going to say. Exactly. Exactly. We're not judging it. We're just we're used to John Leeson's voice. Yes. So to hear this other voice, we're like, uh, what happened? What's mm-hmm. wrong? Obviously, because we haven't experienced this one much. Yes. Who is we should you? also note. We should also note that, that at this point, Skagra has come to the professor's office and orbited him. Oh yes. And I believe he has orbited him in, uh, in street clothes. Yes. This was a uh, street fashion. Skagra. Yes. Skagra's had a, had a costume change yes. at this point in the show. And, uh, just for, just for a, a little bit. bit more. Yeah. Just for this bit. And then he's just like, I got to get my hat back on. Back. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sure, sure. Why not? Yes. He has orbed the professor at this point and he's just hanging out on the floor. Cause, uh, we find out that's, um, street casual Skogger wants the book and he believes that the, uh, professor has it, but, um, he doesn't actually. So he's like, all right, I'm going to, we still look like at this point, I feel like we don't know what the sphere is for. I think we get a general, you know, it's kind of like if you think about it enough, you can figure it out. Like yeah. with all the voices coming from it. And then as he goes along, you can kind of figure out. But you're not really sure what is going on besides he's just taking people's memories or copying them or doing something to it. Yeah. And it obviously it puts these people in some sort of catatonic state at the very least. Yes, and I believe uh, it's it's uh, Romana, K9, and Chris. Yes, and sh- he he's in what is he a psych- He's in a psychoactive. What is it? I can't remember. A what. psychoactive extraction. Extraction. Yes, that is what has happened to him. And I love that Romana, instead of just leaving Chris there to tend to the professor, says, "All right, I need you to go into this TARDIS." I need you to take a left first. Then I need you to go down four corridors and take a right. And then it's the third door on your left from. And it's like, why don't you just go get it? Mm -hmm. But he gets it, apparently, doesn't he? He goes in and finds it. Oh, yeah. Goes in, pops right out. And she's like, yes, yes. Bigger on the inside. Go. I'm like, all right. (laughs) Um, We also find out that some. uh, Oh, you know, we haven't even mentioned um, Claire. 
who is uh oh that's right who is um i guess i would would we say chris uh parsons uh colleague is it a colleague i don't know what you... I, I i would say colleague or friend yes i don't i don't know it to be anything more than that he br- he brings her in and goes hey check out this freaky book i've found <laughs> and then he's like also i'll be right back and then he just never comes back That's but the true. doctor goes to retrieve the book and finds her Yes. Um, and that's, I think, is that where we find out that it reads like a cross between Chinese and al- algebra? Yes, that's correct. And that's also where I've got the uh, uh, note. I think I think the doctor says odd book, odd friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think this is where we find out the book is negative years old. Correct. Which is... there's literally a printout. Yes. This book's 20,000 years old. No, no, no. Look, minus sign. And I love that the the doctor isn't just like, give me that book. He's just kind of playing around with it for a while. Mm -hmm. And um, we head back to the professor who is uh, who's beating his heart in Morse code. Uh, This his hearts for as silly as Doctor Who gets and as silly as Douglas Adams can be. This was a bit silly, even on top of that. <laughs> that's too much. That's where we cross the that, line. That, that's a little, you know, David Tennant being possessed. Oh, my heart's beating out of Samba, baby. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, no argument here. Uh, we find out that his heart is beating Morse code, or his hearts are beating Morse code. Not just any Morse, but Gallifreyan Morse. Yes. Of course. And it uh, spells out Shada. And our professor has uh, passed, apparently. Yep. That's sad. That was no a moss regenerations. No moss. Uh, no your moss. mind shall be mine. That's another thing I have. Say that a million times fast. Um, <laughs> and I love. Oh, he said that's. There were, we're at a bridge, I believe, and the doctor has the book in a basket. Yes, because he's on a bike. Yes, and lots uh, of bicycles. Skagra says, "Your mind shall be mine." And I love that the <laughs> the doctor just slowly ducks the orb, mm-hmm. and then he's just on his way in a bike, and we get like well, this chase scene. Yes, with a random acapella group. Yes, that was okay. That was made no sense and was so needless. I've I've got a feeling it was like a favor to someone oh, on yeah. the crew. It's be like, look, you guys, I. My buddies, they, they do the singing thing. Man, they, they've been harassing me every time I'm down at the pub. Could we just possibly get them into a scene? Is it just background, man? Background. Yeah. It was so ridiculous. Yeah. And the book just falls out uh, to, at a sharp turn. And there is a bit in here, like, you can tell, like, this is such a Douglas Adams thing, where mm-hmm. the orb just knocks over a person. Oh. <laughs> Which is just like. The funniest thing. Like, the doctor, I think, is still pedaling back to uh, the college campus, and the orb's following him, and it just runs into the back of someone and knocks them over. Yes. Uh, so good. Uh, oh, and that's right. The uh, The doctor gets cornered, mm-hmm. and uh, Romana flies the TARDIS to him and gets him into the TARDIS to safety. That's right, yes. With his scarf hanging out of the TARDIS as it uh, <laughs> it goes back. Um, and we get a very, I mean, I, to me, this was a very, uh, like, new Who line. Hmm. You killed a Time Lord and a dear, oh my goodness, you killed a Time Lord and a very dear friend of mine. It's time we had a little chat. 
<laughs> it's very new. And I went, ooh, yes. I was like, yes, this is great. An angry Time Lord. And this is where the fisherman gets feared. That's right. He gets orbited and probably drowned. And yes, and we had a whole bunch of miming happening mm-hmm. <laughs> when we go to the invisible spaceship. That's right. The gripping mime scene. We're just miming around. Uh, and we're going up into the spaceship. And oh my goodness, I forgot about this. And now I'm just... Uh, when uh, the doctor gets orbed, I guess that's one one spot where there w- would have been a definite cut. Mm-hmm. Is when the doctor gets orbed, and um, we're like, "Oh no, the doctor, he's dead now." That's the end of the show forever. Uh, <laughs> and oh go- goodness, I for K nine just K like oh K nine. That's like the whole thing with K nine. It's like oh we can't get out of this blasted wall and he's like well i'm gonna blast this wall now and yep. just bouncing off of everything he's just gonna kill everyone <laughs> Jeez, who was going to disprove the possibility of life on oh okay yes uh because uh chris parsons is still very skeptical about everything and i remember they're they they're trapped in the uh in the spaceship Mm-hmm. And I think he says to Romana, like, yeah, I was going to disprove the possibility on life on other planets. That was my whole thing I was going to do. And, uh, well, what do I do now? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, well. <laughs> Got to admit, for, for all of that, he's kind of taking all of this in pretty good stride. Yeah, he is. I love he's. I think he says, oh, robot dog, neat. He's like, oh, there's a talking dog. That's great. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere, Skagra wants story time. Yes. Oh, my goodness. And Gallifreyan code sounds a little Hebrew-esque. Yes, it does. It does. Oh, yes. He want he wants the doctor to read the book. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> he's just uh, you know having a having a laugh, as they say. Yes, having a laugh. I'm, um, does that happen before? I feel like that happens a little bit before he he gives him the orb there. Right? Um, I feel like because he's like he is just messing with him and he's like, all right, well, if you're not going to tell me how to read this, I'll just take the information from you. It might be around this point, but I don't have an exact note of when it happens. And he so we find out that the doctor, uh, what did he what did he say? He made it think that he was so dumb that it didn't need to take his mind. Yeah, the orb. He just he he made a copy of his mind and. The orb was like, oh, I just need I, I got everything I wanted. Like, I think that was his his main point was he tells you not to struggle when it's trying to take your mind. So he just did what he told him to do. And he he was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, uh, I was like, oh, it's a, all right. Yeah, it's a, it's an Adams thing. That's I just chalk it up to that. Oh, yes, definitely. And uh, we uh, I feel like another Adams trope is the uh, the talking spaceship. Which uh, does not, uh... <laughs> he tricked yes. the talking, he tried to trick the talking spaceship. And then uh, I think it was, well, if I'm a dead man, then you, uh, but I was the enemy, but now I'm dead. So technically I'm not the enemy anymore because I'm dead. So you can take orders from me. Yes, and then the spaceship's it... like, yeah, you're right. And then it's like, oh, well, dead men don't require oxygen. <laughs> I was like, it, oh, is, no. it is easily one of the best logic arguments. Yes, I think I've ever heard. That was I a great scene. I absolutely love this part. That was a, a fantastic scene. Um, when the dude opens the door and then looks, 
Yes, oh. because... <laughs> okay. Uh, Claire you... has come to Professor Kronotis' office, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. And she stumbles onto some Gallifreyan technology. Yes. And everything goes all wonky. And um, the guy who's the... the, the um, our headmaster. Our headmaster. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was reading this note. And uh, as you can tell, we watched this a little while ago. Because I'm like, when that guy opens that door, mm-hmm. and I remember, okay. So and it's party central in there. Yes, he opens the door, and <laughs> it's just like the a door to nothingness, but the nothingness has like strobes in it. It's 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 like somebody has hung a like tinsel curtain. Yes, and is shaking it in order to be like, look, it's the time it's for tax. It's different. Party. And he looks in there and then, like, looks back at the camera, like, huh? Uh-huh. And then what? looks back into the door. <laughs> yes. It was so good. It's fantastic. Oh, I loved that. That was great. Um, I also really like the design of the, the ship in space. Skogger's ship? Yes. Skogger's yes. main ship. His main ship. Yeah. The Technicolor Dream Ship. Very kind of Thunderbirds meets Blake 7 about it. Yeah. We also found out that uh, Skogger hates stars. He just hates them <laughs> for whatever reason. And, uh, I mean, what would a Doctor Who story be without a uh, a big old walking... I don't even have a pun for it. I don't even know, <laughs> I don't even know what these things... Uh, dead Christmas trees with legs. I... Well, my first thought was, is, so Skogger's making leafy creatures? And then I started calling them post-it note monsters. Oh my goodness! Post-it they note just, monsters. They look like a giant pile of dark post-it notes. Yeah, I uh, do not disagree with that. I think that is a good a good name. The post-it note monsters. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> and also, yeah, I think I said the talking ship also looked pretty cool. The the the, uh, the spaceship design in this was was pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um. Oh, this is when we find out. What what all the old dudes who apparently survived? They're all just hanging out. Um, yes, but not before the doctor actually turns Skogger's ship into a TARDIS complete with handbrake sound. Oh yes! Oh my goodness! Wow! Oh, that's when he's like, "Wait a second here," because the doesn't the spaceship say it's going to take this long to get where we need to go? Exactly. And he's like, "Oh no, no, it will not." Not only that, but because. Claire stumbled across the fact that Professor Cronotus's office is actually a TARDIS. Yes. So let's not forget the fact that the Doctor managed to park a TARDIS in a TARDIS. TARDISception. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, um, that something happened when she messed with those, I don't know, dials, settings, wires, polarity, reversals, something. Um, Cronotus is back. Okay. Yes. Sure. Oh, yeah. He's just. Uh, I have a note here that's like, oh, the professor is up. He's just up. Yep. And he's just making chilling. Tea. He's just making. Yeah, like nothing happened. Like nothing happened. Yep. Um, and this is kind of around the time. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The, all the all the old all the old dudes, bunch of old dudes. Yep, oh, we find out that we find out that Shada is the prison planet of the Time Lords, and yep. it is apparently hidden from all Time Lords for whatever reason. I don't. I'm not really sure if we got a. It's like information that is removed from their from their uh, from their brain. 
more or less. And and there is a particular uh, villain who actually, you know, the doctor kind of looked up to at one time. Yes. Uh, named Sally Avon. Sally Avon. Yes. Sally Avon. That's that's one word. It's not Sally. Sally. Avon. It's Sally, Sally Avon. Like Salieri or something. Um, and and Skagra really wants this dude's mind. Yeah. He just he. He needs to get to uh, to Shada and get this. Mm-hmm. A lot of S names. A lot of yeah, actually a lot. A lot of S names here. It's uh, well, all right, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. So we find uh, the the bunch of old dudes. We find all them. Canine is uh, shooting post-it note monsters. And let's let's not neglect the fact that the detail on the old guys is so much as they have really long fingernails. Yes, ew, it was gross. Um, but we find out that I believe they are all, they're all scholars and gentlemen. They are mm-hmm. all people of, of, uh, a wealth of knowledge and, uh, yeah, they're all, they're all fine, but they're all just, you know, all old and stuff. So the, the mm-hmm. mystery is coming together. So we find out that, the, you know, the sphere can take people's minds and, uh, we saw the sphere in the first scene. So clearly, uh, this dude's. Trying to gather a whole bunch of knowledge, but we don't know why. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's some point here where the doctor's like, "Oh, you, you, a whole big, a whole big plan. Like, what are you going to do to destroy the universe?" I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself with that one. Um, uh, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm my notes span a page here, so I just <laughs> scoot ahead and be like, "Oh, wait, no, there it is. There it is." Um, yes, because there's there's a there's a whole like bit of a, a battle and stuff where they go to Chamber T, which is going to be my rap name. Um, <laughs> Good name. And uh, go to release all these prisoners and go to cabinet cabinet nine for Sally Avon, but he's not there. Yeah, he's not there. Where is he? And then I totally had a um. I think I know who it is, but I'm not going to say it yet. <laughs> So we all kind of meet up here. I'm trying to th- uh, all the old dudes were super smart, but now they're all old and stupid or something. That's a note <laughs> I have. <laughs> and we, we find out that, uh, that Skagra took all of the brains and minds. And he made he made it one big old one brain for himself. He's got he's just trying to uh, I guess we find out that the plan all along was to uh, he wanted to be. He wanted to have everyone's mind in the universe. That's a pretty tall order. And he just wanted to be the only person. And I don't know if anyone's told him, but one uh, is the loneliest number. That's what I've heard. Yeah. That's you'll ever know. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, professor's got to go do something, and she's got to keep a secret. Oh, and that's this is where we find out he starts doing some weird hypno stuff to her because they're trying to... Uh, I think he needs her to figure out how to get the ship back, right, Claire? Yes. He needs to and he uh we get some weird like yellow eyeliner eye yeah. thing. Yes. Yes. And she's like, "Oh, I know how to do everything now." And uh, yeah, I was really slow to the uh man, I was really slow to the punch on here. Uh I apparently couldn't didn't figure out that his his room was the TARDIS. Until very late, mm-hmm. and that he was also uh, Sally Avon. Yeah, right about the time where he kind of Jedi mind tricks uh, Claire. I just the look on his face. I went, "Oh crap!" 
be yeah. sorry of him to me. But uh, didn't seem like a bad dude, honestly. No, I mean, made a good cup of tea, from what I understand. Yeah, and we all we all kind of move. Uh, we're all in. We're all up in Shada now. Mm-hmm. And that's when we find out. Yeah, there's nothing in the pod. He tries to do the eye thing to uh, Skagra, and it it didn't work. And I think like. Um, when K9 just, you know, explodes the spear. I forgot how much K9 was just used to uh um murder things. Um, <laughs> right? He's just like I remember when he starts lasering the uh the post-it note monster and then we have like yes. a 5-minute scene in between that and then we cut back to K9 who is still somehow lasering the uh the dead Christmas tree monster. Mm-hmm. And he's just been doing that for like 5 minutes straight. <laughs> Like, yeah, not only that, but uh, uh, it proceeds to pick up K9 and like chuck him across the room. Yes. Oh, my like, goodness. Oh, my God. Yeah. But when K9 explodes the sphere, now there's like two million spheres. Yeah. And then it kills the professor again. It's like, come on, <laughs> oh, man. Professor. He's dead again. Yeah. Um, How did Romana save the day again? She saved the day. I have that written down. I don't remember, but she got a medal. She got it, a medal. And awesome. I was like, that's great. It's good stuff. Oh, that okay. So, um, oh my goodness, I forgot about this scene where we're trying to. Uh, is it we're trying to get the the Tardises back on the same wavelength, or we're trying to like crawl to? We're trying to make a yes, bridge between wait. the Tardises. Yeah, basically because um, uh, Romana, Claire, the Doctor, presumably K nine. Um, uh, proceed to pilot Doctor uh, Professor Cronotus's, uh TARDIS, which is which is even older than a Type Forty. Um, to excuse me, to catch up to the TARDIS, so the Doctor can go across this like tractor beam tunnel bridge thing to get back onto the TARDIS to take back control of it. Yes, because which... basically Skogger steals it. Yes, and uh, I love that the Professor's uh, TARDIS is basically just a door. It's a pretty simple interface. <laughs> it's an older, it's an older model, which is just like that's super cool because you could just mm-hmm. go into a house and just there it is a door. There I you don't go. know. It's just crazy. What yep. was um, what, what it wasn't the masters. Um, how come I cannot remember the other time lord that we uh, Ronnie? Yes. What was what wasn't hers like a clock? Uh, a, yes, I think so. <laughs> It was a clock or I, oh, I can't remember it was something weird. Whatever. Whatever. It's fine. To each, their, to each their own. Indeed. And man, that wobbly room effect really uh, threw me for a loop. Oh, boy. Did it ever. Yeah. Oh, goodness. And the doctor's just kind of crawling. Um, and I love it. It was like, hold it with this pencil. It was like all <laughs> just so ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. completely. Because because Claire's complaining that that what she's hanging on to is getting hot yes she can't hold on to it anymore here hold it with this pencil like pencils with wood you know wood burns right (laughs) and that just didn't work yeah no get enough glove and the doctor just he falls like after she lets go he falls into what i assumed was space and then right and then it just appears that he's fallen into like a space closet Mm -hmm. and then it's like oh he's in the tardis yeah so he's just in the tardis and um Oh, that's yes. That is how uh, he makes some brave wave thingy. I believe. Oh, right. I think Doc Brown built one of those too. In yes. That yes. And he uses it to uh, turn the uh, post-it monsters 
Uh, uh, it's a whole weird thing, guys. There's just a whole <laughs> thing that's going on. But we've got Skagger on the run now. Yes, we got him on the run, and he ends up being a a prisoner in his own ship, mm-hmm. and um, an enemy of my lord, the Doctor. Oh yes, the Doctor converts the ship, and but... basically the ship banter[s] him to death about stories about the Doctor and how great he is. Well, and if I remember right, uh, the the Doctor, you know, says, "Well, yeah, let 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 the Time Lords." Sort them out, which I think is going to be the name of my first metal album. Oh, nice! <laughs> That's a good name. That's a very Thank good you. name. <laughs> um, and the oh my goodness, I feel like there's a policeman involved. Well, yeah, they they you know the the main the main arc is wrapped up. Yeah. Now it's now we're we're in the the epilogue, as it were, and they're they're back in Cambridge. Um, our bowler hatted headmaster is like oh my god there's weird stuff happening behind this door i need to get a cop yes because the only they can make it better yes um and smug cop is smug yeah he's very smug and he's like all right everybody it's time to go downtown mm-hmm. and they're like whatever that's not gonna happen um and yeah, they're messing with him yes and I'm, i just found um the our um it's wilkin is oh, this that's guy's his name. name Wilkin? Okay. Um, and I think it's about this time that the Doctor and Ramon are like, "Now nah, we're good," and they go into the TARDIS and it disappears in front of everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I believe the policeman says to the professor, "I can't remember." He's like, "What was that?" And he goes, "What was what?" or something mm-hmm. like that. And he's like, "All right, everybody's coming downtown." Um, <laughs> and. We get the final scene, which is the uh, the feet of the Doctor uh, fixing the TARDIS, and uh, we're we get a nice little treat. I was not we expecting do. this. <laughs> I went, oh! I had to rewind it and watch it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have current day Tom Baker reenacting the final scene from Shada in a very nice, and you know he's wearing the whole getup, and it was uh, it was very cool. I thought that was it very was. that was a nice little uh, way to end this. Definitely, little little nod to the fans. Yeah. You know, we've now got it completed. He came back to do the vocals for it, so here's this little treat at the end for everybody. Yeah, and it was it and was... and for what it's worth, because it was two days ago. Happy belated 84th birthday, Tom Baker. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a just a little bit, just a little bit ago. Happy birthday, indeed. Uh huh. Oh my goodness. So, um, overall, thoroughly enjoyed this. I thought it was. It was a very good time. I'm glad that they, uh, you know, figured it out and animated it and did it well. Definitely. Um, I'm glad that we can all experience this together because it's very, very good. Any other totally. thoughts? Um, you know, I think it's just worth mentioning to, especially to our um, American viewers who might be like, "Hey, I totally want to go get a copy of this now." Um, um, the American. Amazon store still lists it as not coming out until very late this year. Yes. Um, you, you will see series 11 before you see Shada if you go through the Amazon store. But I understand that the Amazon UK store, so amazon.co.uk, um, the DVD that you order there will work just fine on region-free DVD players. So the one in your computer or your Xbox or your PlayStation will play it just fine um so if you want to see it you want to get it now order it through there obviously pay the little extra for shipping since it's coming from the uk 
But uh, if you don't feel like waiting and you don't want to try bidding for one on eBay, yeah. that's the way to do it. That is indeed the way to do it. So, um, Taylor, what do yes. we what do we got next time? Well, seeing as how we haven't really worked out the rules for how we're doing this, yes. uh, you and I are going to slug it out, figuratively speaking, to determine the best doctor. And somehow we're going to manage not to just turn it into a Matt Smith versus Sylvester McCoy battle. Really? Well, maybe. <laughs> yes, we will try not to do that. This is going to be interesting. This is, I think, this is really the the first episode that is not Gallifrey One coverage, where we're not talking about an episode. Yeah, this should be um, this should be pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure when I first said we should rank the doctors. Um, I think it was more of a personal thing rather than you and me trying to figure out who is actually number one. I think that's a little more friendly. <laughs> that's for sure. Just this, who do we think is the best, which may still bring it down to seven versus 11. Yes, definitely. Possibly. I mean, for a spoiler there, but I feel like we should personally, I will rank my one through 12 and you will rank your one through 12. Okay. Well, would we, or maybe our one through 13, including the war doctor, if you would okay. like to. Yes. No, that's, that's, that is very worth adding in there especially seeing as how today would have been john hurt's birthday yes oh i know so there you go we will rank one through 13 um and we will see how our lists are similar or how they're not i feel like we will just say like who do you got at 13 and then who just go back and forth and discuss it yeah we'll just go we'll just go from there i think that'll be fun i think now that uh peter capaldi's doctor is wrapped up we were going to do mm-hmm. this before that but i've said no let's let's wait a little bit and and rightly so i think yes. that was a good call so yes that's what we will be doing in in two weeks time um uh, but until then you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter just search the podcastica you can follow me on twitter and instagram at jp thrice and you can follow taylor on twitter and instagram at at apex buddha Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Just search Podcastica, rate and review us as well. And also subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the N-O-T-L-G. Uh, N-O-T-L-G.spreadshirt.com. Um, go buy one of our, the future of time and space uh, is female shirts. Um, actually, and let me just look up his name. Um, mm-hmm. Because lo- he does a lot of unboxing for... Um, for uh oh boy i'm gonna forget his name he does a lot of unboxing on youtube of uh pop figures and just figures in general okay and i'm gonna find his name because um he oh man this is gonna kill me if i'm not (laughs) if i cannot find it um he bought uh the future of time and space's female shirt and he has worn he wore it to the la um uh women's march Oh, awesome. And he wore it when he went to go see um, Doctor Who in um, in the theaters. And he says he's gotten a lot of compliments on it. And I'm totally just blanking on his name right now. And this is oh dear. this is terrible. I'm just, I feel very sad right now. Well, I'll tell you what. When you find it, let's push it out on our Twitter and stuff. Yes, we should definitely do that. Um, very good guy. He does a lot of... Um, Lauren did an unboxing thing with him. That's how I know. Okay. That's how I know him. And I'm just totally blanking on his name right now. And I'm just so upset. But yes, 
We will we will definitely plug him at the beginning of next show. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Patreon.com slash N-O-T-L-G. Uh, donate if you can. We appreciate it. And uh, N-O-T-L-G.com. That's where all of the podcasts are. Uh, this podcast, Tornado Tag Radio. Girls Interrupting is back. Always a good time with them. Uh, if Memory Serves, which we talked about at the beginning, just check Yay. us out. Yep. Uh, the Y-Axes, Twitter.com slash The Y-Axes, Facebook.com slash The Y-Axes. They're on Spotify. Check them out. They do our music, and they have always been good to us. So let's be good to again to them. Indeed. So join us again next time where we, uh, I don't know, get a whole pot of coffee and figure this whole thing out. Uh, right. 1 through 13, we're going to rank the doctors in our own opinions. We will talk to you guys then. See ya. See ya. We're at 52 minutes? Jesus. Oh, my God. This is going to be a What big time one. is it? 10 o'clock? No. 8.37. This has been a Night of the Living Geeks production. For more information and content, visit NLTLG.com.